fellow travelers, welcome to the... Hold on, what? what's that? What level are we on? Uh, 99th level of the RPG cave. Oh, I'm dang. one of your hosts. The level 99 human archmage, Ryan Turford, and I am joined, as always, by the level 99 elf medic, Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing this lovely, lovely Monday evening? Good, sir. Uh, I'm doing good. We could talk about the weather again on this 99th level. It's uh, very pleasant in San Francisco, as always. It's actually not hot compared to like other places, like a lot of other places in the US mm -hmm. and Canada. But you know what? Let's just get away from the weather now because this is the 99th level, Ryan. It's we true. Are, we are at the same level, right, as these monsters. We're actually struggling to get through this one. Um, it's keeping us on our toes. I have to heal you like crazy. Yeah. And you just spit out those uh, old fires and, and fire blasts. I love how you, you're making up all this lore about all these different spells that I have, Garrett. Because I mean, obviously, yes. we know that I'm, I may be an arc mage, but I'm not. I'm not just a a, a, py, a, a pyro mage, Garrett. I've also got lightning spells. I got frost yeah. spells. I got arcane spells. Yeah, you know, I got a whole book of spells. That, that's you got a serious a good Diablo build going on right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly. But we have we <laughs> have we have, we have actually officially reached the the end game of the RPG the game, game in the sense that we've because normally that's what happens Are when you're playing like this? in it. No, that's just, no, it's just that usually what happens in an RPG where when you hit level 99, you're usually in the end game of that RPG, whether it's an MMO uh, and you're going on raids and stuff and you're usually fighting level 103 bosses and things like yeah. that. Or if it's a, a Final Fantasy game like Final Fantasy seven, um, you're you're grinding the ultimate weapon in order to go face Sephiroth or, you know, there's like any number of, of scenarios. course. Garrett, where it's like so, even, though it's not, um, even though it's not the end yeah. of the podcast, Garrett, it's like yeah. the end game. We're in the end game because like people who play end game for MMOs, Garrett, sometimes will spend like thousands of hours playing World of Warcraft end game, despite the fact that they're not leveling anymore. That's true. That's true. But question for you, Ryan, are we going to have a battle pass for our RPG cave to we extend the lives? <laughs> extend the life service of this podcast that's that's what we're gonna do probably yeah, what do you think yeah, what do you think definitely. some of our in in-game cosmetic uh premium items for the battle pass would be garrett like would it would, would uh, it be like fancy pint pint glasses for your character like the pint glasses i show off on the show pint glasses i'm thinking like we can have our faces just like in one of those, you know, robbery type of plastic character masks. Oh <laughs> and, and people could just wear them like they do in like Borderlands and stuff like that. Or, yeah, or like would, the I hit movie like uh, Point Break, Garrett, from the 80s. Of course, the hit movie Point Break. Yes. yes. I remember um, that one. Or, or we could even go Mission Impossible style, Garrett, and they can be like, look exactly like digitized versions of our faces that people can then pull That's off true. to reveal their own face. At that point. That's true. Well, and then people can plant the flag of RPG Cave or yeah. uh, any other design. Yeah, yeah. So, There's good there ideas. Go. There's a, to my, some great ideas I cooking. The ideas are flowing here, folks. I'm like, this any is what idea to make to more money. That's the goal. <laughs> that, that is the serious goal. Yeah. Of course, we learned from the hit movie Spaceballs, Garrett, that that is the true end game <laughs> is to to make money. Spaceballs, the serials. merchandising. <laughs> Spaceballs, the flamethrower. Oh, man. So good. <laughs> what is this show? Off the rails. Anymore. But yes, we have finally, of course, reached level 99. And I mean, I'm going to kind of save a lot of our talk about that because um, we actually on all of our questions tonight, actually, Garrett, tonight that we received from the community. Yes. First of all, huge thank you, of course, 
as always, to everyone who, who sent questions in tonight. Um, everyone actually managed to touch on the fact that it is level 99 and had some things to say about it. So uh, I kind of wanted to save that talk for when we get here um, as well. So let's get into clearing the dungeon of those pesky mobs. So we can go face that raid boss because we're heading towards that end game. So folks at home, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. If you're watching the live stream right now, or at youtube.com slash carpool gamer. If you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to like the video, subscribe if you haven't hit that subscribe button already, and then ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we put up new videos on the channel or whenever we put up a live stream like the one that you're currently watching right now. Or if you're listening on audio feeds, don't forget to hit that subscribe button as well or rate us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then last but not least, if you want a little toss some bucks our way, maybe get some exclusive content exclusive or some uh, some cool uh, like one basically long feed with all the carpool gaming audio feeds on it. So you don't have to switch between podcast feeds. Head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash carpool gaming. Throw a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content. Also, Garrett, I should promote this a little bit because yes. uh, we just made this announcement yesterday because I think uh, the, the questions post went up for it today. Um, a certain someone for the very first time is actually going to be on exclusive content, Garrett. Oh, what can you yeah. tell me what, 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 what's happening over there? I mean, I could, I could say it, but it's more fun if you did, you say it. Oh, I, I'm going to be doing the pants patron podcast this <laughs> yeah, week. You are. So I am, I am ready. Uh, I, I love listening to those little tidbits of, of episodes. Uh, I, I remember listening to them like probably a couple of years ago when Sean was doing it like every week. I'm like, how is this man making so much content? And then yeah. I was like, oh, everyone's doing it ro- rotationally. Now that like makes a lot more sense. So yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Give, to be fair, we just started doing that like last month. Like That's my true. first pay, Patreon podcast was last month. So uh, yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm actually excited to to listen to your episodes. And likewise, if people have just random questions for Garrett, just, just hop on questions. the Patreon. Yeah. Anyone can submit one for a dollar. Uh, Ribo asks, "Can I send in math problems for the Pants Patreon podcast for Patreons podcast?" Uh, I'm going to leave the the type of questions up to Garrett as far as what he wants to field. If you do, um, I will be very creative about it. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. That is usually the attitude we have on that podcast. So any, anything goes. Um, also, uh, you know, speaking of Rabo, I saw this come up while I was doing the intro. So I wanted to, to flag this here. Um, Rabo actually asked who did that theme music because it's brilliant. And we get, the, believe it or not, we get this question a lot on the show. Um, and the answer is it, this was actually a random song that I found on the YouTube licensed free music section on I the YouTube it. audio library on because YouTube itself. When you, when you go into the creator studio, Garrett, you can you have mm-hmm. the ability to sort through songs that, you know, YouTube curates uh, that you can use copyright free. So this just happens to be a song called uh, Dude, Where's My Horse? And it just Dude, happened. Dude, where's my horse? Yeah, that's I the name it. of the song. Oh my gosh. Um, in fact, I'm actually just looking it up real quick because um, it's actually, con- it's a country folk song. This is done by uh, Nat Keefe with the bow ties is the name of the song. With the bow ties. It, it, the name of the artist. But the, the name of the song is Dude, Where's My Horse? Like the hit movie Dude, Where's My Car? Except about a horse. Hmm. It sounded more country, but you know, it's it is fitting. I, I feel like I'm going on an adventure with that yeah. one. Apparently, for that one, is finding your horse. Yeah, uh, or just hanging out in the tavern. And I mean, it, it's also kind of fitting with the fantasy theme because in most That's fantasy true. RPGs, you, there are horses, Garrett. Like in The Witcher, the, the, you got there's a, horse. a lot of horses. Yes, yeah. Zelda. Well, Zelda's not an RPG. 
Um, but yeah, many other open world RPGs have horses. Yeah. I mean, or Final Fantasy 16 has a horse, except it's not a horse, it's a chocobo, but close enough. Yeah, chocobos. They're yeah. weird. Yeah, every time I see a chocobo, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a Final Fantasy game. Every Man. time I see a chocobo, that's Garrett, I, I think about the the chocobo theme from Final Fantasy 13 2 that's referred to as Crazy Chocobo. Um, and it's like Crazy a death, chocobo. And it's a death metal cover of the chocobo song. Oh. Uh, so instead it. of having the normal Chocobo song in Final Fantasy 13 2, they replaced it with like a death metal cover. And it's it's by one of the greatest things in that whole game, Garrett, is is Crazy I Chocobo. Bet. If you haven't heard it, folks, you have you got to look up Crazy Chocobo sometime. Not now, while you're watching the show. After you watch the show, go and look up uh, Crazy Chocobo. They, in fact, that song was so good, Garrett, it made it into Theat Rhythm Final Bar Line as one of the songs from okay. 13 2 in it. You know what? Like, there. There's too much content in that that game, the at rhythm bar line or whatever. Of course, that song would be in there. And Are you trying to say that some other songs were missing that Crazy Chocobo should have been replaced with? I I don't know. Isn't there like all the Final Fantasy songs on there? No, no there's still there's songs that are missing. I mean, Final uh, Fantasy 14, as an example, has over, I think, 500 pieces of music at this point, And there's not even 500 songs in the main game from Final Fantasy. At this point, my God, yeah, my God, but um, Garrett, I'm going to take us on another side tangent before we <laughs> go and read from the secret text because um, Anime Expo is actually happening right now. That's true. Over in uh, in California, and they had over multiple Persona panels at Anime yes, Expo with, with the voice actors. Um, in fact, tonight was the first time they actually introduced the Persona Three Reload cast. Um, because we knew that they were going to be having brand new voice actors for the game. Um, so cool. we finally got to find out who those people were. And it's a lot of voice actors that I don't really know, except for Allegra Clark, who was in a lot of the Fire Emblem games. She's in a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's playing um, Mitsuru. Um, but they released two brand new trailers for these games, Garrett. Persona 3 yes, Reload and Persona 5 Tactica. We watched them right before the show. And oh my God, the Persona 3 trailer was only a minute long. But it sold me on the game in ways that I never it, expected. <laughs> it looks so good. It just like I cannot wait to play that thing on Xbox slash xCloud streaming on my Steam Deck. It looks so good. It, it looks like a Persona 5, like Persona 3, the Persona 5 graphic upgraded, whatever. But it still has that Persona 3, I don't know, style, Yeah, I guess, like throughout the whole game. It looks so good. Yeah, it's got so, that, that yeah. hip-hop music throughout. It's got the the visual color palette and design from Persona 3. Like, you can definitely tell, like, looking right at it, it's a, it's still Persona 3. It's just a very cleaned-up yeah. and shiny version of Persona 3. Um, but it looks like they made a lot of uh, nice changes to the combat and, and the flow of combat. So I think, like, yeah, I am stoked for that game in a way that, again, I was not expecting to be right away um, because I was already excited for it from the tr first trailer, but, like, this showed a lot more stuff even in that one minute that we saw of it, and uh, I can't wait for that game. And then the other one that surprised me was uh, Persona 5 Tactica. It was more, like, the trailer we got for it was more of, like, a deep dive on three of the characters in your party yeah, um, and, like, what their abilities were and how they kind of work together. Um, but I liked the idea of them showing off 
the combat a lot more for for Tactica and kind of how that that's going to work, especially like them talking about Joker actually, because I thought Joker would be like a quick short range character with his knife, but he's actually going to be mm-hmm. like a long range character with a gun. Yeah. So I think like that, the way they're handling each of the characters is pretty interesting. So I liked kind of that deep dive so we can see more about the the content and how that game's actually going to mm-hmm. play. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, uh, it looks pretty good. I'm glad that they are doing kind of deep dives with their individual characters and just revealing more of the gameplay um i i'm excited for this um but at the same time i'm keeping my expectations in check because while the game while it is persona 5 and we we love persona 5 in the persona series they really haven't made a tactics game like yeah. this um and so i'm just I, i'm going into this like persona 5 strikers where i'm like okay i love persona Let's see how they do with this game. And Persona 5 Strikers is kind of exactly what I expected out of them. Um, and so I we'll see how this one goes. Yeah, um, like but this I, one, I'm, I'm not imagining it to be super high quality, yeah. you know, game breaking type of thing. So, yeah, yeah, like I like we know that obviously the most of the mainline Persona games are like 90 plus games on Metacritic. And this is more mm-hmm. like I'm expecting probably like if you wanted my Metacritic wager of where i think it'll land i think it'll be like low 80s it's probably where this one lands like i think it'll be i think it's game, gonna be seven i think oh. it's gonna be i'm i'm thinking low mid sevens okay for this one and, and, and that's just keeping my expectations in check i think people are going into this thinking oh this is a persona game it's gonna be so good so great and then they're like oh wait yeah it's their try at a tactics game but yeah. you know so i think it's gonna balance it out that's but we'll true. see we'll see how yeah. it goes and, and yeah, you're 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 possibly right about that idea, especially because like I know in the back of my mind, whatever tactics game comes after this one will be infinitely better than this one because it'll yes. be like because they'll have this one under their belt first before we get whatever's next, whether it's Persona Six Tactics or maybe they go back and do maybe that's how they you know go back to something like Persona One or Two is maybe with a tactics game or something like mm-hmm. I think that'd be really interesting. I, I'm also still waiting, Garrett, for us to get that rumored uh, like Mario Party style Persona game that's supposed to be happening at some point. No, because that's I'm gonna good. be especially after the release, Garrett, of the game of the year on the Switch this week. Everybody One Two Switch finally came out, so now that we have that under our belts, we now need a Persona fighting game. God, not not a party game, not a fighting game, please. Well, I mean, Persona Five Fighting is in is we're due for one. So yeah. if it, if that one announces coming out, I'm totally for it. But man, a party game, just don't, please. No. Yeah, we don't uh, need we, that in this world. That's true. We <laughs> we had Fortune Street once with Mario, and we just we never need to go back there with anything like that with for Persona at this point. So. Exactly. God, you remember Fortune Street on the Wii? That was a real bad game. But <laughs> I've heard of it. But yeah. I, I did not play it. Oh, it's basically Mario Monopoly, but with Mario Party style minigames. Oh, goodness. It's- I I played the Mario Party on the DS, and that kind of sounds like that. Oh, uh, OK. Way. So anyways. But, thank you, Brian Bell. Uh, all right, let's Garrett. without further ado. Now that we are done talking about Persona and done kind of, you know, getting hyped because it's we're finally made it to level 99. It's time let's to it. read from the sacred text, because we got a we got a discussion and we usually do this discussion, you know, every time around this time of year um, where we did like usually every quarter. We like to do the RPG game of the year. Watch choo, 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 with like fancy graphics popping in. Just imagine folks at home, the fancy graphics, because we don't have the budget here at Carpool Gaming for the fancy graphics. We don't. But that's a, that's a couple of Patreon tears up at some point. It's yeah. popping out. 
you know, yeah. everywhere. Yes. That it's popping off right now. So um, we're going to talk about, you know, the the games that have come out since kind of the last time we did this um, and as well as kind of the returning contenders and kind of see where how how we're feeling about the RPG landscape in 2023. Um, surprise, like to no surprise, honestly, I think it's going to be higher than probably when we were talking about the, this conversation last year around the same yes. time. But I'm excited to kind of get into this and. You know, I made a list, Garrett, of all the RPGs that have come out, and these aren't necessarily the greatest games. Um, but we'll talk. I wanted to excuse to, to talk about some of these games too that we might not have talked about on the show before, um, and kind of give them their their fair shake here. So, without further okay. ado, let's start running these down. And I actually put these out in chronological order from when they were released. So we're gonna kind of okay. travel throughout the year. So we're gonna start with the new contenders, the new games being added, and then we're gonna talk about the games kind of returning from from quarter one to kind of wrap things up. So first off to, to begin quarter two, we got Grim Grimoire once more. Um, this is like a real time strategy role playing game from Atlas. This is a remake mm-hmm. of a PlayStation two game. Um, I played it. Um, I thought it was fine. It was fun, but it was like nothing to, to write home about or anything like that, which is kind of how I felt okay. about the original game. Um, but it also is one of those games from Vanillaware that I know. Yeah a lot of people really missed and it's a beautiful looking game. Like the remake that they did like visually pops and it looks great. Um, but it, but it definitely, it feels like a PlayStation two game when you do play it, but I wanted to at least mention it it here because it did, it was one like the first notable RPG we had kind of, of the beginning section of the year here. But yeah, I don't, let me tell you, Ryan, I, I honestly forgot like what this game was until I looked it up. Mm-hmm. I was just like, because I know you've been mentioning this game uh, mm-hmm. coming out, and it's like, hey, it came out. But like, even now, when I'm looking at this title, I was like, I have no idea what this title yeah. is. And I, and so yeah, there there wasn't too much hype about it. But as you said, it's you know, it's a remake of a PS2 game. Kind of feels still like a PS2 game. Um, I'll be interested into like looking into it more um, later down the road when it's like a, a good sale on Steam yeah. or something like that. Um, but yeah, cool. Yeah. This is a game that I I think like makes more sense at a more of a budget price, like almost like what you'd pay for the PlayStation two copy of Grim Grimoire nowadays. Like, I think like that's probably the price points that make sense for this game. Cause it's not even like a super long game or anything like that. But, um, I do think it's a lot, it's like a game that really flew under people's radars. And I think it's better than, um, the, the better than maybe I'm even selling it as the, um, tonight's podcast. Oh, okay, cool. Um, cool. Another game that came out in April that was a, a kind of an old release, of course, was Mega, Mega Man Battle Network Collection. We had been waiting for this. People have been asking for this forever. Um, Garrett, I don't think either of us actually ended up playing this one. I have no, it. You but can I talk to Matt, though. Played it. Yeah, I was going to say, if Matt was here, he would be here defending it. But even even Matt, I don't think he's had time to really to go back to to battle network collection. But from all I've heard from the reviews about that for collection, like pe- people say, this is a really good collection. Um, yes. and I'm excited to play it at some point. It's actually, um, I've decided Garrett that, uh, I'm going to do like a, a tournament bracket for what to play. Cause I need, I need a game to play for, you, you, for you July and August. And, uh, I yeah. think I need a tournament bracket to kind of solve what game I play next. Cause I have like 32 games on my backlog, Garrett, and I need to figure out which one. Only 32. Games. Only 32. Nine, so I, I 3, need to figure 3,200 like me. <laughs> I, I need to figure out which of those games I need, I'm going to play um, okay. in July and August. Basically up until mid-August because that's when all the new games are kind of coming out. So um, 
Yeah, and Battle Network is on that list. So that's why I mentioned this. Like the Battle Network collection going back to Battle Network one, like I think that's that's definitely on the docket of of things I might be going back to. Uh, maybe cool. I'll maybe I'll do that live on the Twitch channel this week. Wink wink. Um yeah, cool. Next up, of course, we had actually had lots of chat about this in the Discord. So I wanted to make sure to mention it here. Final Fantasy Pixel Remastered, of course. Fantastic collection of games. Very expensive though. <laughs> At, uh, oh really? Like, 80 can 80 American dollars for the collection of the four Final Fantasy games or basically 100 Canadian dollars before tax if you want to get Dang. all six of these games. Um, but these were very good remasters. We talked about them on the show, so we're not going to kind of dwell uh, too much on them. Uh, again, right. just wanted to give them a shout out here because, again, like old games like this probably aren't going to make our game of the year anyways. But I think this was a great cool. remaster. And and I'm just happy this I'm is on consoles now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And definitely people out there on Switch, they love, you know, having the physical edition of this game. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have all these classic games all in one physical cartridge for them. Um, great cover art, too, for that uh, physical edition. Yeah. Uh, definitely not a waste of time or resources, as I yeah. as I mentioned before. <laughs> if only it wasn't so bloody expensive to buy it, because uh, That's it, true. It, it, they had like <clears throat> such a rare print run on the, the Pixel Remasters um for the cartridge anyways because yeah like i think yeah. like i'm just doing a quick google so if you want to get one new at this point garrett um you're looking at 200 dollars for the switch version or the playstation 4 version is actually a lot more the cheapest version of the playstation 4 version brand new 728 dollars brand new brand new like com- the, and if you want a used copy, the the cheapest price for a used copy six hundred Canadian dollars. So you should have bought them. Day, like okay, yeah, people who wanted the fiscal edition, it, yeah, you should yeah. have gotten it day one. You should well, have pre ordered at Play Asia. The problem you know, is you couldn't. Like they were sold out in fifteen minutes from when they went up, and there was no advance notice. So yeah, you had to literally be there at like three in the morning when they went up. Pretty much. That's um, crazy. But yeah, so. Um, we're going to, we're going to put that on the docket because next up, uh, I'm going to talk about this one, Garrett, because this is one I'm I'm excited to talk about. Dead Island 2 is an open world zombie RPG. It's a first person game. Now, most people think of this game, think of it it maybe as like, maybe like a Far Cry game, but no, Dead Island, believe it or not, has always been an RPG. Like the first Dead Island was very RPG heavy. Um, Mm -hmm. and even though it played like a first person Far Cry style game, it was, it was very much a role-playing game. And the Dead Island 2 is very much like that, but it's so much better than the first game, Garrett, that honestly, I actually think like, it's pretty good. Yeah, like it, honestly, in a weaker year for RPGs, I actually think Dead Island Two would probably be a contender for RPG Game of the Year. Um, wow! In a in a less strong year, but because yeah. as we're gonna, you're, as I'm kind of alluding to as we go through this, um, I actually think it, it kind of gets overshadowed by a lot of these games here. It also didn't help like it, it kind of released in a in a busy time earlier this year, so I think a lot of people missed out on this one. Um, but this is a game like when it goes on sale, like. This is a game that if you like RPGs and you like first person games, like open world games, like Dead Island 2 is a great guy. Like, I think that's it's a much better game than people give it credit for. The reviews, the initial reviews kind of give it credit for, especially because there were some technical problems at launch. So it got lower scores than it probably would have if, you know, it came out just a couple months later with some with with some polish. And all that's been polished by now. Like there's been constant updates to this game. There's lots of cool DLC coming. Like this game's pretty good, like a lot better than I thought it was going to be. That's really cool. Um, 
I've been interested in this game. Um, and yeah, the reviews were kind of just mid, but like hearing from people personally and like going through reviews, it's like this is actually a pretty good, good pretty good game. And also it run it's super well optimized. Yeah. On the PC and on Steam Deck and on Ally or whatever. So <laughs> this seems like, you know, down the road, if it's on sale, um, I, I might be interested in this because I do love my first person open world games. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely into it. Yeah, for sure. Like this is one that people should not sleep on. Like when Black Friday comes around this year, like this is going to be a game I'm going to recommend to anyone who likes RPGs. Like I think it's going to be a really solid game to pick up later. But mm-hmm. um, Nick, oh, Rybel actually asks, is, is it stuck on the Epic's game, game store? I think it might I, be, but I'm not oh, sure. Okay. I don't, since I don't really play on PC, I, it's hard, tough for me to answer that question. But if memory serves, I believe it, it is. Right but I mean, oh, I have really? the console version because I actually have the the collector's edition of Dead Island 2, um, uh, like physical. So, um, okay. for Xbox. But, uh, Sounds good. Mo- moving on, Garrett, a game that we were so excited for, but then we never talked about after it came out. Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp also came out in April. Um, that came we, and gone. <laughs> yeah, that like that came and went like it was nobody's business because I think like, like okay bye. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it was we were so excited for it the year before when it was supposed to come out, That's and true. then it didn't come out. It killed, I think, all the hype for this game because yeah, um, again, like you and I talked about it on the show a lot. Like we were both pretty excited about because we both like Advance Wars, but I don't think either of us bought this game, let alone played it. I did not buy this game. Um, I actually do have one voucher left uh, for my Nintendo, and I was debating whether to get this one or not. Then Mario RPG got announced, and I'm like, okay, I'll just wait for that one. Uh, This game, it looks good. It looks refreshed, and I've seen a lot of good reviews about it, and it's a great fresh coat of paint, but fundamentally, it's not different than the GBA versions. And I'm like, okay, I have the GBA versions on my Retroid Pocket, on my Steam Deck, and I'll just, just play first and bits of that and yeah. then I'll, I'll eventually get this game later yeah. um yeah i, yeah. That's, I feel that's very similar with, about that because i have it on my analog pocket because <coughs> i have the gba versions there and then i have them on wii u if i want to play them on the tv if i don't feel like hooking up my analog pocket to my tv because sometimes that could be a bit of a hassle um mm-hmm. so um, so i have options to play these games already without needing to play the switch version but this is a game that i will pick up at some point but it's definitely like I was way more excited about it before it came out. And then, yeah, just whatever, for whatever reason, when it came out, like, honestly, I was more excited for Dead Island 2 when it, because they both came out the same week. And, uh, which is, which is too bad, unfortunately, because I, 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 if this came out last year, I think it would have been a much bigger deal versus Mm. this year. Yeah. 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 That's true. There was a lot of hype last year and then it just totally killed it when they pulled it off. But it makes sense. Now, Mm -hmm. Now it's back and I'm glad they released it. For sure. Well, next up, a game that came out around the same time Zelda came out. So a lot of people, I think, put didn't check this one out, mostly because it's on PC. Um, But because Zelda was out around the same time, Honkai Star Rail from the makers of Genshin Impact, the turn based role playing game that's free to play. Um, This is another situation where like in another year, like just like Dead Island, like I think this would have been like a contender for rpg game of the year in a big way eh. it's Honk- i don't know it's pretty darn good eh. but what, it, what it's I, you, good. I want i want to hear your your complaints about star rail garrett i i'm not complaining i just want to you know with the hoyo verse type of mentality i don't know i get into these games and i 
can kind of feel what this game is, mm. even with Genshin Impact. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is a free to play game. It's a very high quality free to play game. It's great turn based combat. It's just a lot going on though. The the UI and going into level to level and figuring out the story. There's just a lot of things going on in this game. Yeah. I've been trying to play this on my phone actually, and the text is always too small. I don't know where to go to like upgrade my characters. Um, it's so yeah. I think there's some ups and downs, but overall, I I agree with you. It's a great, high quality free to play game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you can get past the free to play elements, and because you're right, like it does, you just feel a little dirty playing this game in a way that you normally wouldn't playing a normal like game that you paid for outright. Um, yeah, but I, yeah. I don't know. The, 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 the gameplay loop in, in Honkai, though, was just so fun and satisfying that that's what, what won me over with that game. And, and why I'm actually like very excited for it to come to PlayStation 5 later this year, because I think that's where I'm going to really sink my te- teeth into Honkai Star Rail and then really get into this game a lot more. Nice. Bye. Give them all, all your money. Give them all. Yeah. And so you can get, get your uh, your number one waifu yeah, five star packs. Although I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna go ahead and make this prediction right now, Garrett. I actually think that even though in in our personal running for RPG Game of the Year, I actually think that this sneaks into the Game Awards RPG Game of the oh, Year yeah. conversation instead, and actually ends up being a nominee this year. Um, I didn't. It can be. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's possible that it might not with some of the other games coming out this year, but I. I have a sneaking suspicion that this will actually hit with people with the the voters for that, and it might actually sneak in there. But we'll see. So how many how many nominees do we normally get? Like five. five? Yeah. yeah, it could it could be the f- number five, but it's totally going to be like num- like in the mobile game category yeah. or something like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas, yeah, I'm talking about specifically RP like regular RPGs. RPG. I think yeah. it'll make it because there are a lot of the games we're to, we're talking about here. That we're going to talk about other other than the higher profile games are games that people haven't really heard of. So people will be like, oh, Star Rail, I remember that game. And then probably mm-hmm. it'll fit in there. Just like Genshin Impact kind of stuck in the year that it, it was dominated. But uh, moving on, at the start of June, we got Diablo 4, Garrett, which, I mean, this is this is oh. a slam dunk. Like, it's going to be like slam dunk. in our it's probably going to end up being in our top five RPGs of the year when the year is over. Like, easily. I don't see how it isn't at this point. Yeah. I still haven't gotten it yet, though. I'm yeah. sorry. I was, you know, I was away in China when this released, and then for a good while I was in China. Like I, I you know, it has been a few weeks uh, yeah. after release when I got back. So, and you had to deal with just looking in the Discord, just seeing like all of us talking about this game. I know that I like a lot of us have kind of slowed down or have stopped playing this game. I know personally I exactly. have stopped playing, but mm-hmm. it's not because of any fault of the game. I'm waiting for season one to come out later this month. Um, to jump back mm. in because that's when the battle pass starts, um, which of course was paid for as part of, you know, getting the, the version of the game that I got. So I'm like, well, I may as well, okay. you know, wait for that to come out because in order to, you know, take part in that, you have to create a seasonal character, which then, um, which you can only create when, when that starts. So mm-hmm. um, that's why I'm like, I, I'm putting it down for now. Cause I want to then really, you know, play with that that seasonal character to earn all the rewards and whatnot. So that's cool. got why I'm kind of. I'm, on I'm hoping to get it before Starfield. That, right. That's my uh, my goal. But if if that doesn't happen, that's fine. I'll I'll get it later this year. 
I played the beta, one of the betas, and I'm I'm totally for it. Um, it plays great on Steam Deck if you got the Blizzard client. Um, you can just download the non 4K textures, and it's actually a pretty small um, small pack, like a small file size. And even on PC, it, it runs beautifully on my PC. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't see his can't point. Wait. I can't see he mentions that he, he they are also uh, they also have Diablo, but they they are too hooked on Zelda at the moment. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are in that same boat as well, because this came out so close to Zelda. Like, I think a lot of people like played it, finished the campaign and then put it down because, you know, there's still Zelda and Street Fighter and Final Fantasy and all these other games to play at the moment. So yeah. I think and I think a lot of people will come back to it. Like I think for me I know that this is going to kind of be like my li- when when the season starts back Your up again, it'll basically game. my live service game cuz I always have That'd one of those cool. going. Yeah. Yeah. Um but um, Goodbye Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Bye-bye. Oh please. Final <laughs> Fa- I, I started replay it started playing Final Fantasy 14 again this week Garrett because of course I Oh no. Um because of course we're back baby. We're back now that I'm done 16. I now have room in my life for Final Fantasy 14 while I wait for the next big game to play. Uh, I've been of playing course. that in NHL basically at this point. Um cool. but next one I got to sell you on this one because this sounds like a weird yeah. entry to put on this list. Cuz you're I probably looking at this, at this and you're like, like "How? How is yeah. Street Fighter 6 a role-playing game?" And let me tell you what yeah. folks. Um I'm referring specifically not to the multiplayer for Street Fighter 6, because that's very much just your standard fighting game. You have all the standard fighting game options that you normally have. But the reason we talk about Street Fighter 6 on this show is because the world tour mode, Garrett, I don't know if you've seen the world tour mode from Street Fighter 6. The world tour mode is basically the campaign for the game. You create your own character, like your own avatar right. in the world of Street Fighter 6. And it is a open world action RPG where you play as your character, you you get new gear that gives um, yourself different stats and buffs and whatnot, just like you would in a role-playing game. You have conversation options with different characters. Um, your, basic, your character is kind of learning the ropes from other Street Fighter characters, but you, there's also this big unfolding story about this gang war that's happening in Metro City, and you're trying to, trying to stop that. Like, it's very similar to Yakuza Like a Dragon, but instead of the combat in the game being turn-based, it's fighting just like Street Fighter is. So it's a fighting game, it's okay. fighting game con- combat, but it's totally, you know, gauged by your character's level, the stats that you have on the gear that you're wearing. Like, it's very much a role-playing game that just happens to have a fighting game combat system. So, Interesting. Um, and, you're, and again, the, the open-world exploration is very similar to what you'd have in an open-world action RPG. Um, and in fact... I would dare to say it's more of an RPG than Final Fantasy 16 is when, yeah, like, it when it's all said yeah. and done. So yeah. I wanted to make sure and to include Street Fighter 6 because Street Fighter 6 is a very good game. It's got a goofy story and it's totally a role playing game as far as the world tour main campaign is. And again, it's it's a pretty beefy campaign. It's like 15 to 20 hours to finish. So oh, wow. it's very much a role playing game and it deserves their recognition of being on our list even though it's not going to win our role-playing game of the year, it deserves to be recognized along with these cool. other games. I, I like this trend in fighting games. It seems like they're kind of leaning into this more and more with their campaigns and their single-player stuff. Is like, hey, let's add some of these other systems. Smash Bros. did a very similar thing uh, as well with their yeah. single-player stuff. And yeah, there's many other smaller fighting games that do this too. So 
Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, this reminds me very much of Grand Blue Fantasy Versus that came out from Arc System Works a few months ago, or not a few months ago, a few years ago, uh, where yeah. it's kind of like a, a like almost like a um, you know Rule of Princess EX, which was like a, a, a Switch action RPG, um, mm-hmm. but but uh, in the Grand Blue Fantasy Versus style. So yeah, yeah. we've get, we get it, we've seen, been seeing more of more fighting games tiptoe into the RPG realm, and, and this one again, Street Fighter Six. But fully there, Garrett, with the cool. the, the power of role playing games. So there you go. Happy Wayne Gretzky Day, boys, says Sean Capri. Welcome on in, Sean. All right. Um, next up, Final Fantasy 16, the big game of the current moment mm-hmm. is out. Although I was actually hesitant to put it on this list, Garrett, because we had this discussion last week. Is Final Fantasy 16 even an RPG? It's. On the the and we talked our like after our discussion last week, we concluded it is, but it's like the most borderline between being just an action game and being an RPG as humanly possible at this point. Like Mm -hmm. it's so close to being an action game that again, a lot of people wouldn't qualify it as an RPG. We came to the conclusion that's an RPG, so of course it is eligible. And I finished it this week, Garrett, because I finished it uh, like late last week. Um, and it was awesome. It was it was a fantastic game. It's got some pacing issues, um, but for the most part, honestly, I, I couldn't put this game down and it's incredible. Um, and I have like a, a review video coming out later this week on the channel. Um, so make sure cool. to stay tuned for that. But yeah, Final Fantasy 16, very solid game. It's going to be a lot of, on a lot of people's list for best RPG of the year. And uh, I, I think it, it so. could be on mine too. It is a very um, impactful game. It's very high quality, very cinematic. I agree with you that, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like as RPG heavy, but like compared to like other RPGs that we're getting and what I kind of expected, not expected, anticipated. um, Yeah, this, this scene is way more linear, way more focused on action and like, it really is the Devil May Cry mechanic Final Fantasy game. Um, But yeah, it's, but it's so good. It's a very, very good game. 100% 100% like it definitely deserves to be on, on this list and like we would be we would be doing the audience a disservice if we didn't at least include this game on our best list of RPGs probably by the end of the year like I would be shocked yeah. if we had four other RPGs that were somehow better than it at the end of the year that yeah. or or I should say that would supplant it from that list I think because I think like two, Diablo 4 and uh, Final Fantasy 16 from this kind of month are probably our two kind of front runners from from those Q2. are the two biggest ones for sure yeah yeah but I also got to throw in there this other game I've been playing, Garrett, that I haven't finished yet, but I'm pretty close to the end. Uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie. This is actually out next week, but our friends, of course, over at NIS. Okay. Uh, huge shout out to NIS. Uh, actually sent me over a code and I've been playing it. And uh, this game is really good, too. Like, it's kind of like the Avengers Endgame of the Trails series, where it's kind of like all the characters kind of crossing over in one game for the first time and, and kind of wrapping up all the storylines. But I wanted to approach it differently because, you know, uh, I know Kevin Ainsworth, he just put up his review over at Save the Game Media, and him and I are going to be doing a discussion later um, about this game. Uh, But I want to come in as the person who hasn't played all these games and kind of see if I was able to, you know, get through the game and still have a good time with it. And I'm pleased to report that I'm actually having a great time with this game. And it is really good. And the story is still hitting with me because I at least played the trails uh, to zero and trails to Azure games, which at least I got the backstory of those two characters, the the characters from those games, which play a big part in this game. 
So I was so I, I was able to ease into some of the stuff. Whereas the the trails of Cold Steel part of the storyline from from here, I of course don't know any of the characters from that those games because I haven't played any of those games. But <coughs> the combat's still super fun. It visually looks great, and I think it's actually a pretty solid game too. Again, I think this kind of fits in the same category as Dead Island Two. We're in a weaker year. This probably would have been it for, up for consideration for probably mm-hmm. top five RPGs of the year. Oh, really? Okay. I, I So, yeah, lately these games, the Legend of Heroes games that are coming out, they've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're actually re-releases, right? Like, they were originally from Japan, right? Like, a yeah. way long ago? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them re-releases. This, Trails into Reverie is actually a new game. Um, it's a new one. Okay, but, cool. But it came out in Japan first. And then it came to North America right. like got uh, it, got next it. week. So yes, it's been cool. out in Japan for a little while, but it, I think it came out at the end of last year. So it is a, a like a release technically from last year, but in North America, I'm counting it. It's a new game this year, but it's not mm-hmm. a re-release of an old game. Like it's brand new. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. I want to mention one game sure. out of this that you, you didn't mention and that's fine. I don't think anyone really knows what it is except for me and Seth. And that is Fuga, Melodies of Steel 2. Oh, that's right. That I forgot about this that one. quarter. Yep. And that is the sequel to the first one, Fuga, Melodies of Steel by CyberConnect 2. And they're both on Game Pass, and they're both excellent games. They are top-notch, high-quality. It's all it, They're into the, you know, it's the furry, animal, humanoid type of stories. Um, but the, the writing is pretty good. Um, there's just Japanese voice acting in it. Um, but that's totally fine. But it, it is like a, think of it as an on rails turn based, uh, strategy game where you're like in control of a tank. And then there's many different parts to your tank, like defense and attack and many different weapons. And depending on what the next stage is, like what kind of enemies you're going to, um, that going to have, you're going to have to prepare for that. And then you level up your skills. You bond with characters as well together. Um, it's overall very good. So I highly recommend it if you have game pass to at least try it out. If you're into that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's one that really reviewed well too. And, uh, yeah, it's a yes. shame. Cause I, I totally forgot that that had even come out cause it came out like the week after Zelda, I think. Right. So like it was very, yeah, very close. It came to very Zelda. close. <laughs> yeah. Like if, even, so. even I overlooked it when I was putting this list together. And in fact, actually I was a little bit worried cause you picked this in fantasy, fantasy cricket Garrett in our carpool gaming host league. And I was yeah. like, and it looked like for a while there weren't going to be enough reviews of this game to actually be able to give you a score for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but luckily <laughs> pe- people, people's reviews came through. Cause yeah. Um, I think this is also, again, a stronger game that I, again, totally forgot about when putting the list together. Yeah. Yeah. So those are all the new contenders to the, the RPG Game of the Year 2023 bubble. Um, but let's talk about the returning contenders, the games from earlier this year. Uh, One Piece Odyssey, of course, was kind of an OK game. I know Matt played it. Um, it, it was fine. It exists. Uh, but I wanted to give it a, a mention here because Fire Emblem Engage, Garrett, I think was one of our favorite games uh, when we had our co- when they had this conversation a couple months ago, um, and yeah. I still I feel still think it's high, but I <laughs> feel like at this point it's probably not making the top five. It's it's going to be on the bubble. But what do you think? Yeah, I think this is one like oh, this is the fan service game to me. But it's yeah, looking back at it, it's not memorable. Mm-hmm. How about that? It's just an ode to the previous uh, Fire Emblem games. And- yeah. 
And that's pretty much it. Yeah. It was there to celebrate the anniversary of Fire, Fire Emblem, and it did so in a great way. And it's I still think yes. it's a fantastic Fire Emblem game, but you're right. It's not like I don't think it's as memorable as something even like Three Houses or yeah, Fates I think or so, yeah. Awakening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it's definitely back there. Uh, one I wanted to mention, because this one I totally turned around on this game, um, Forspoken was okay. a game that got kind of got you know very poor reviews when it came out. And deservedly so, because it, the performance was terrible on this game. This is another game like Dead Island 2 that had poor reviews when it came out. But I think it's a much better game now after patches. Oh, really? Than, than people give it credit for. Because I think Forspoken cool. is a game that I was really down on after the demo of Forspoken. Like, it really kind of killed any excitement for me for the game. But then when I'd heard people talk about the game after getting their hands on it, after after patching, I heard a lot of really great things about it. So I was like, okay, I need to give this game a try. Um, and I loved it. I actually think Forspoken is actually a really solid game. Um, and honestly, again, cool. if it launched in kind of the state it's in now, I think we would have had a much different conversation about Forspoken than than we, we kind of see on the reviews, which I think turned people Man. away from Forspoken. Because like even going and looking at, you know, um, people like the, the user score for Forspoken, I actually think it's much higher than the kind of the review score is at this point, because I think people who have actually given this game a chance have actually <laughs> really enjoyed it. Um, so I think like, even though, again, it's probably not enough to kind of crack what I would assume like our top list of RPGs are at the end of the year. I do think it's another game like dead Island too. Like when it goes on sale, like black Friday time, like this is another game I'm going to be recommending to people to go check out despite the it's cool. kind of poor reviews at launch. But. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's so interesting. You, you, you talk about that for Forspoken and now dead Island too. And this happens to a lot of games these days. And do you think it's really because, oh, they needed more time to cook? Or is it more like, oh, they kind of had to release it to get kind of the feedback needed in order to like fix it up or it had to be in the system in some way form it? Yeah, I maybe that's a general question. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting that you say about that for two of the, of these games. Yeah, like um, I, I think that's yeah. always on a case by case basis with these yeah. two games in particular, the two games we're talking about, Dead Island 2 and um and forespoken i actually think it was in both cases it was these just need to these need to come out for our financial reports because so yeah. we we just need to push them out regardless of what state they're in and i, I felt that cool. that way for about both of these games especially forespoken because i know square enix's uh like financial report was around that time um so Got like it. they need especially because it had been delayed a couple times too like they needed to get that one out the door um, so that's kind of why I think they launched it in a busy month within the state it was in, where it just didn't really have a chance of surviving against Dead Space Remake or Fire Emblem Engage or all the other games that were also coming out in January this year. But, Got it. Yeah. Moving on. Cool. Hogwarts Legacy came out in February. Uh, I never played this one, but I'm also not the, the, the big Harry Potter person. A lot of people really like this one. Again, this is one of those games that in a weaker year, I actually think probably would end up in like the game awards kind of quotient of RPG of the year. And it still might this year, um, it might. but I don't know. But I think like hype kind of died down on, on this game pretty quickly, although it sold very well. Like it's one of the best selling games of the year well. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's only been recently on sale digitally. Like mm-hmm. it, it's been keeping that same price until like now when the Steam summer sale is happening. Um this is a game I definitely want to still check out when I'm like, okay, I I'm in need for it or I'm on a, a like there's a sale for it. That's pretty good. 
Um, but I am not like, oh, I need to play this right now. I, I got too many other games to to get through. So, yeah, it looks good, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and again, I kind of want to play it at some point, like despite the fact that I'm not into yeah. Harry Potter. I, this is a game that, you know what, is actually on the tournament bracket that I made because I kind of want to try it cool. at some point. But we'll cool. see. We'll see if it ends up winning. But next one, this is kind of like it become like a almost like a live service game for me to play over the course yeah. of the year. Fiat Rhythm Final Bar Line, of course. It already had a ton of content, as Garrett alluded to earlier, but it's getting even more content every two weeks, basically, because there's new DLC for this game every two weeks. And it like this game was already great before, but with the DLC songs, like Chef's Kiss, like this might be one of the best music games I've ever played. And the fact that it's a role playing game on top of that and it celebrates Final Fantasy music like this is a no brainer, like slam dunk for Ryan Turford specifically and no one else except maybe Seth Sturgill as well. Like he's the only other person yeah. I know that's like super into this game um, because yeah. they like, just this week they released like eight new secret uh, or mana series songs, including a bunch of songs from Trials of Mana. And then the weeks, cool. but the two weeks before that, they had not one, but two track uh, packs of Chrono, Chrono uh, tracks from both Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Like, oh, my God, this game is so good, Garrett, that um, again, like in a weaker year, this might have been like this would have definitely been like a slam dunk, like top three or four game of the year is this a season pass type of deal uh with these extra songs yeah it does have a season pass um i mean it's it's got 400 final fantasy games in final fantasy songs in the main game but then if you want the songs from other franchises you have to get the season pass which isn't too expensive but um and then i'm thinking of getting it eventually i do like rhythm games yeah um yeah so, yeah. I'll and even sure. if you don't like Final Fantasy, like the Final Fantasy music, I think we can all agree Final Fantasy music, even if you're not into the games themselves, the music in those games are pretty darn good. Oh, the music's um, incredible in Final yeah. Fantasy. It's like very top notch stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I would be into it. Yeah. And then like two weeks from now, we're getting Octopath Traveler music in it. And then uh, oh, after nice. that, we're going to start getting like Xeno gears and like all kinds of cool stuff. Like <laughs> going am... into the inner depths here. <laughs> yeah, we're going to the weeds. It. But then they also have two um things like towards the end of the season pass that are question marks so there's two games we don't know about yet i'm imagining one of those is final fantasy 16 and i I imagine the other maybe being uh final fantasy 14 and walker are kind of my two bets okay those that makes sense we'll see i don't who knows maybe we'll be surprised and they'll put parasite eve music in there garrett how cool would that be Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I love how you just could be possible You know, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I was just like, when, when I hear Parasite E from you, I like am not phased anymore. Excellent. So, yeah. Excellent. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> glad that's finally set in at this point that you're just like, yeah, OK. Ryan's talking about Parasite Eve again. <laughs> Moving on. And Moving of course, on. it's our 99th episode, Garrett. Of course, I have to mention at least Parasite Eve at least once. In Garrett. one, out the other. Yeah. Um, next up, I think this is one of the strongest contenders this year. We talked about it before. Yes. but Octopath Traveler 2. Um, we had a whole conversation about Octopath Traveler 2. Like, go back yes, and listen did. to that for kind of our full thoughts. But that game is incredible. One of the best turn-based RPGs in years. And uh, definitely, definitely one of the strongest contenders, I think, for this year. Yeah, yeah. No, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Next up, The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure as well. Of course, this was a re-release, um, but a very, very strong game. Um, like, if this was a brand new game, I actually probably would have rated this game much higher. Um, but mm. because it's an older game, because it is a PSP game, definitely much lower on the list, but it's still very, very solid turn-based game uh, that with a lot of great strategy in it. So um, that cool. I know a lot of people kind of missed out on. But 
Um, and then last up, of course, given Garrett Bland the shout out here, even though I, I don't think either of us have played this because like both of us are behind on the Rise of Games. Atelier Rise Ryza 3, Alchemist of the End and The Secret Key came out this year too, which I, I again, reviewed really well, but neither of us really got a chance to play because we're kind of, yep. we're both not at the point not where yet. we're ready for the third game. Did you yeah. hear Ryan about the anime? There's a Atelier Ryza anime. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to watch and that actually. It looks seriously like Atelier Ryza. So yeah, yeah, it'll be a good anime. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Them. So there you go. That's all the games that have kind of been kind of released this year as far as RPGs, um, as far as, as far as games I would consider contenders. Like there's all, there's been some smaller indie stuff as well that I knew neither of us knew anything about or hadn't played yet. Um, but I think these are kind of Brian, like the you missed games. one. What what I missed? Man, I can't believe you missed it. I, I shame on you. We got DLC for a very special RPG. Oh, I didn't miss that. Year. I left it off. Oh, the, I left it off we're, on we're, purpose. We're putting it in there. Xenoblade Chronicles Three future redeemed and it's peak fiction i'm hearing i i'm hearing if you've played all if you're a xenoblade chronicles fan you must play that dlc because it kind of puts all the main characters together and make a whole story about it so i have not touched it yet but i will uh play through it this year sometime yeah i i will on that note garrett I will say that the Fire Emblem DLC kind of disappointed me this year, and I was hoping for oh, more dang. from that, which yeah. makes me, makes me even more sad about Engage earlier this year. But yes, I I knew that that was there. I didn't include it because there's also a, que- a question that actually relates to that a little bit. Later. Oh, okay, so. sounds good. Cool. No, no, it's all good. So, Garrett, I'm going to ask you two questions, and we'll we'll go back and forth on this real quick because uh, I'm curious to know now that we've talked about the games that the RPGs that have come out this year so far. What is the best RPG that you played this year that will actually release this year? I will include remakes or re-releases of old games in here if you want to have those. But what's the best RPG that you've played this year that came out this year? I think it's uh, Octopath Traveler 2 so far. Um, Yeah, so I'm I'm still not done with the game. So I don't want to say definitively it's going to be like my favorite game or whatever. I'm about 40 hours in and I've... You know, I played a couple more chapters. What I do love about this game is that even though I was away for um, a month, I come back and I instantly know what I'm doing in that (laughs) game. Like, okay, just get familiar with my characters again, items, skills or whatever. But I was back at it, just going through chapters, going through the story. It is seriously like um, just top notch graphics, music, gameplay, turn based mechanics is probably one of the best i've played in a long time um yeah i i think octopath childbirth 2 is still my favorite rpg that i'm still currently playing for for 2023 yeah nice that's a good one again that that's a really really solid pick this year for me it's honestly a toss-up but i'm gonna have to lean towards diablo 4 i think at this point is probably the game i've enjoyed the most this year um, and I think part of that's just been playing with friends and having a fantastic time, but just also playing by myself and being able to have a great time there. Like, I think Diablo four is very, very solid. It's like just ekes out Final Fantasy 16, I think, for me at this point. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16, like it, w- it was incredibly solid. The, the story just touched me so much. I was bawling my eyes out by the end of Final Fantasy 16. Like the story I, I goes some I can, amazing I places. probably do that too. <laughs> yeah. And, and of it's course, super th- epic. And there are some like super epic boss fights in that game. But I think the pacing of that game is kind of what prevents it from me crowning it like my favorite RPG of the year. So I think that it holds it back just enough where I think Diablo 4 
kind of sneaks in is in is my favorite so far this year. Um, and then Fiat Rhythm is actually probably my third favorite at this point, believe it or not, uh, over Octopath. Of course it is. Yeah. Octopath's definitely up there as well. Um, and then in honestly, my fifth one, I'm going to give it to Dead Island 2. I think Dead Island oh, 2 wow. is a much better game than people give it credit for or people think it is. And uh, and yeah, I think it's, it's solid. In fact, uh, Court actually had a glowing review for it on our channel if you want to go check that out as well. Uh, did did cool. not just trust my opinion, but we also have Court's opinion on it as well. But cool. um, Garrett, I'm going to ask you this question since, of course, it's the RPG cave. And of course, your co-host is me, Ryan Turford. Of course, I have to ask this question. What is the yeah. best role playing game that you've played this year that didn't come out in 2023? Mm. Like any old games you back, went back to this year that that was probably your favorite? I know what you're alluding to. Um, but yeah, I, I have played. I have not played too many RPGs outside what's released this year. Um, I've played Live Alive and I played Shining Force. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask this question, because I knew you played both of those and I knew you're probably you've probably felt similarly about the two of them. Uh, I really enjoyed both of them, but I think Shining Force kind of edges out just a little bit more for me um, because I love tactical role playing and I was very surprised how a game of this age still interested me and kept me going on my toes throughout the entire like like every single level is is pretty good pretty good level design pretty good very good characters i felt like i wasn't too overpowered and um but also had a good challenge of all the different enemies there so yeah shout out to shining force that is a excellent uh tactical role-playing game yes garrett yes Good answer. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I wasn't trying to beat you into that. I knew you'd also really like Live Alive a lot. So I was I was curious to know uh, what you actually probably enjoyed more between the two of those. Mm. Um, as for me, I mean, I could just, you know, cheat and just say James Cameron's Dark Angel for the original Xbox. Of course, being, of course one of the best, um, you know, because I have this copy of uh, James Cameron's Dark Angel season one now available on DVD. Uh, right next to James me. Cameron's Dark Angel. My goodness. Of course. That's been a running <laughs> bit this whole year, Garrett. Um, and I'm looking over Is my shelf. Is it an RPG, though? <laughs> no, it's a, it, it, it's not. That's why I actually joked about that. You know, it's, it's not actually an RPG, but, it, you know. I love it. To be honest, Garrett, I'm kind of in a similar boat as you, where I haven't had as much chance this year to play older RPGs. Yeah. I've played a lot of older games. I played Super Metroid this year. I beat the original Super Mario Brothers five times in a row this year. Um, I, I, because I like that game a <laughs> you lot. You love it? Uh, okay. And right. when you play it five, <laughs> like when you, uh, with each new playthrough, Garrett, it becomes more and more difficult because the enemies are replaced with different enemies and it gets more difficult until you decide to put the game down because you run out of lives. Interesting. All right, then. Yeah. Well, I played, all, I replayed all the Mega Man games this year. I played a lot of old games, but I haven't played a lot of, you know, RPG, old RPGs this year, like I did last year. Because last yeah. year, I actually kind of went ham on playing old RPGs last year. Uh, like I played Me all too. the Valkyrie Profile games, as well as a bunch of other RPGs, like all the Parasite Eve games I played again last year. Like I, I replayed a lot of RPGs last year. So uh, honestly, I think this year, the RPG that kind of fits in this camp uh, is Lunar 2 Eternal Blue on the Sega CD. Okay. I'd always played the PlayStation 2 version. Never played the original Sega CD version, um, but did really enjoy it. And I have a fancy physical copy on my shelf there. It's very expensive, Garrett, which is why I'm not going to go over cool. and reach for it. But uh, did you play it on that fiscal disc? Yeah, I did. Very it, on on my white gloves. Uh, 
I mean, <laughs> no. So I actually, with expensive games like that, Garrett, I actually use um, an, an like, I, first of all, I have the analog Mega SG console. So I have the fancy right. console to play it on. And then I use a like a uh, an EverDrive in there so I don't have to play Got off the disc. Because, I mean, I own the disc. So it's not like I'm doing anything. We, no, well, it's good. Yeah, you like don't want to wear and tear that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, but I like playing original hardware with the original controller. And uh, that, so that's why I love playing on the, the, the Mega SG. Um, I can't see. He says, would you consider Phantom Dust? Phantom Dust technically kind of is a role playing game. I don't know. It's kind of hit or miss. For folks that don't know, Phantom Dusk is a um, role. Like it's a card game on the original Xbox. Um, yeah, it's that weird one. <laughs> the, one on the, the one that they did re-release it for free on Xbox it's One. so weird. As well. Yeah, yeah I have it. Yeah. I have it on there. Yeah, so. it's it's I close. I, I would say it's pretty close to an RPG. <laughs> I think I think yeah. it kind of counts. I can't see, but yeah. I want to shout out some other games that I've been I just been dabbling it with sure. this year, but not like really making it to my list. It's uh, there are RPGs. It's uh, Chained Echoes. I did play a good amount of that game, and it's very good. And if you are really into linear based story games. Uh, Final Fantasy ish four through six, and then maybe uh, chrono, it's very Chrono Trigger inspired. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely would recommend it. And if you like politics, um, Chain Echoes, very good indie uh, role playing game. Fuga Melodies of Steel, we already talked about that. Uh, I have been dabbling with Soul Hackers too, because uh, nice. it came out on Game Pass. Uh, really good, uh, cool game. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, it is a nice. D. First person shooter, and I played all the way through it on my Steam Deck. It is fantastic. It's really good. And then, of course, I've been playing this sneakily behind you, Ryan. Uh, I don't oh. know if you want to you want to play this more as I go along. I've been playing Persona Q too. Yeah, uh, boy. 3DS. Yeah, yeah. I beat the first dungeon. I'm in the second dungeon right now. Okay. Uh, with that one, so uh, pretty good. So far. I was going to ask you about that probably next week, but. You've already okay. beat me to it, Garrett. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it more next week. But nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad we'll you've been playing it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Fun stuff. All right. Garrett, it's time to party up. Let's get the, the band together because we asked people, of course, what their favorite role-playing games they've played this year. And also, people wanted to talk about episode 99. So we'll talk about that as well. So we're going to start off with uh, with Rybo, who says, uh, obviously, obviously, my pick for RPG of the year is various day life or Octopath Traveler 2. Y'all know it's a toss up for me. Uh, my question is, are you max level types or do you prefer the challenge of tackling the end boss under leveled? Congratulations. Here is to the next 99 episodes. Thank you so much, Ribo, for the question. Um, and also the shout out to various day life, which also came out this year, Garrett. And uh, we yeah. never need to talk about that game ever again. No, apparently. Did you hear that um, package deals of Octopath Traveler Two and Various Day Life is cheaper? Oh, we we talked Octopath about this because Sean did a live stream of him oh <laughs> going God. through the seam sale of get all the games he was gonna buy, and I think it was Donnie That's or someone else talked him out of that, out of getting yeah. that deal. He's like, they're like, just like, no, don't pollute your library. Pay the five dollars more. To just get Octopath Traveler too. Yeah, don't don't get very stay alive. Yeah, I hear it's just a waste of time. So. No, but I mean, if it's uh, cheaper to get both games, you might as well get both games and just hide various day life in your library rather than 
paying just not more, less, more for just no reason. Just go to Green Man Gaming. They'll, they'll, they'll hook you up with a very good deal with Octopath right. Traveler too. That's that's how I did it. So nice. um, Max lo- level types are preferring the challenge. You know, I'm actually more in the camp of trying to tackle under level. Okay. Just to see if I can go through it. Um, and if I can't, then I, I go back and grind and, and do all that stuff. I actually did that recently with Octopath Traveler 2. I was in one of these chapters where the boss, I knew I was kind of under leveled, but I, I just really wanted to see if I could get through it. And I was, I was scraping by, man. Like I had three <laughs> characters down, one characters I get like very low health. And I'm like, only have this enough for this small basic magic attack. Will will I defeat it? And that's the one thing with Octopath 2. You don't really know the HP unless you um uh analyze it uh, recently or whatever. Um but yeah, I it was like a home stretch and I'm like it felt so good that I beat the boss and it was just like very little left. Um yeah. but on the other hand, I do like grinding and making sure that I'm way above level uh, so I can just enjoy the story a little bit more, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What for me, you? I'm kind of in a similar, but we're I think it just is always on a game by game basis. I never am the type of person that it's like I'm going to definitely go in and, 90, and like 100 percent this and get to 99 percent so I can beat the boss at my most powerful. But if it's one of those things where if I'm really in love with the game, I'm just going to naturally do that anyways. Like I, I, I usually have a, a get to the point where like whenever I feel like I'm ready to tackle the boss, I'll just go and do do the final boss or go to the the, the mm. final area in the game. Like that's kind of the way I feel like where I feel like when I, I go there when I feel like I'm just ready to go do it, whether it's under level or right at level 99, because like they give you two very different examples in Octopath Traveler. I didn't grind. And went to the final boss there uh, and, you know, ex- and loved the challenge of doing that um, because I, I I felt like I was ready to go do that. Whereas Final Fantasy 16, you know, the game was actually pretty easy because it's not a difficult it game. Is, yeah. um, but I was enjoying it so much that I wanted to do all the side quests and get the legendary weapon and do all the hunts and all the other side activities before going to the final boss. Not because I needed to feel overpowered, but just because I was enjoying the game. So I think it's always on a case by case basis where I'm not always like I'm not always playing games for the challenge, especially role playing games. So I'm not like I'm I'm never the type of question that uh, person that likes to like under level myself for a final boss. I just go in there when I when I'm ready to do it. And if I <laughs> and then if I fail miserably, then I come out and then do grinding and then try again, cool. especially with older RPGs, because yeah. that's more common to the, yeah. having to do that. Next up, we got Yarden who says, congrats on reaching level 99. Question, has the show or sorry, has been being on the show changed your taste in the type of role playing games you prefer? Or has the show convinced you to step outside your usual comfort zone and try games that you probably never would have tried otherwise? To answer your question, the best RPGs of the year have not actually been released yet. Because I think That's I think true. Yarden very excited for Starfield. In fact, every time <laughs> yes. I mention Starfield, it almost like summons Yard into whatever live stream or chat we are currently <laughs> having at that that point. But uh, me and Yarden are on the same wavelength there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Garrett, <laughs> I'm going to start with you for, with this question because I I feel like yeah. your change your your taste or at least the the way you approach RPGs is definitely different from when we first started. I think. Yeah, I think so, and I think it's just you know even me being in. Nintendo Shack, I tended to like, you know, go into more Nintendo first party titles. I would probably pay attention more to Advance Wars or I'll probably pay attention to more 
uh, Tears of the Kingdom or, or something like that. Whereas now, just being with you in the RPG cave, um, you know, he, you assigned me to do Shining Force and I really yep. enjoyed it. Um, I like looking at older RPGs and seeing which ones I can get through and kind of work through and be patient enough about it. Um, I think podcasting overall, people kind of just influencing me how I approach uh, role-playing games, especially, you know, with Final Fantasy 16 as well. I know your hype was really up about it. I was really amped up about it too. Um, and that's one of the rare cases, you know, because I've never really touched a, f I mean, I've touched Final Fantasy, but not like really get into it like, like the latest entry. So yeah, I think my approach to RPGs are quite different than what I had before where I just, oh yeah, let me go to the next Fire Emblem game or go to the next, uh, you know, sequel or, or whatever like that. Yeah. So, yeah I was going to say definitely. old Garrett would have been wrapping up, getting ready for Pikmin 4 at this point, playing the demo getting ready for Pikmin 4 kind of later this month, whereas I, I don't know if you're that person anymore, Garrett. Because I, oh, I, I, I give you too many Pikmin, games. I, I shove all these other RPGs at you, Garrett, every single week, and you're just like, you're like, it's too many. You're, there's too many games. Play Parasite Eve, Garrett. <laughs> yeah. You do realize face. that when we finish Persona Q2, Garrett, Parasite <laughs> Eve is one of the games one. for consideration uh, for My your next goodness. game. So get ready, because you're going to play it eventually. I'm going to make sure eventually. that you play Parasite Eve. I'm sure. I'm sure I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, as for me, honestly, I think the show has just inspired me to to venture out more. But I mean, I'm the type of person that played a lot of role playing games already. So it's just like, yeah, you're very I, uh, out there. Sure. I'm also the type of person, too, that just podcasting in general hasn't ever really changed the way I play games or changed the, the games that I play. Because, you know, I never really play games for content reasons. I just play games that I enjoy. That's always very much yeah. been my mantra. So whatever I feel like playing at the moment is kind of that thing. We're like, you know, everyone else was playing Zelda and talking about Zelda in May. But I was like, you know what? That James Cameron's Dark Angel, you know, I, I think I should play that instead. Um, well, you kind of were like assigned that. to it, too. So. Well, no, but it was, even outside of that, Garrett something else like that would have filled this place instead of playing That's Zelda true. probably. I'm just That's saying like, I'm not always like playing the latest and greatest game because of content reasons. If I'm playing the latest game, like final fantasy 16, as an example, it's because it's a game I was looking forward to and, and I'm genuinely excited to play it. Um, yeah. So like, that's always kind of been my mantra. That's why I play a lot of old games too. Like that, a lot of times that's just what I'm in the mood for. And I don't think the show in a way has changed the way I approach that. It's just like, I would say the same thing about Xbox drive. It's kind of the same way. We're like, I'm playing the games on Xbox, like the first party games there, because I would have played them like those games anyways, because I'm ex excited. I like I like first party Microsoft stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's the more re more uh, the reason why I'm like my approach to things haven't really changed, because I think that's just the way I've always been. Like, I've always really been into RPGs. And it's also the reason why Garrett, every time he comes on here, is forced to hear me drone out about nine or ten games he's ever heard of before and then just adding more games to the backlog at this point. Well, I hear it over out. and over again. I know exactly which titles I, I tend to hear now. About it's true. I mean, but just wait till that Legend of Dragoon hype starts up again, Garrett, where I start telling you about Legend of Dragoon and we tell you stories. And we you can get that on the PlayStation now. So that's yeah, true. The You're PlayStation right. 5. It's actually very accessible. You can yeah. buy it for $10 like I did. Also, um, I, I don't want to miss this opportunity. I think Yarden's talking about Sea of Stars, the best RPGs. He's, there's that too. He's totally in. 
Yeah, yeah, totally am for that. I think they're both both in that camp. But next yeah. up, Savoy Prime says, "Congrats on the milestone, fellas." Sadly, the only RPG I played this year is Xenogears. That's not sad. That's actually a great answer. That, that's um, great. And while I'm currently playing that, uh, but Tales. It trails into Reverie. It releases soon, which will be a day one purchase for me. Nice. It's actually a really good game. Savoy Prime. I think you'll like it. I'm willing to say that that will be my RPG of the year, but that might change once I get Final Fantasy 16. We shall see. Question for the show. When you guys started the RPG cave, did you see yourselves making it to episode 99? How do you feel the show has changed since episode one? So Hmm. honestly, Garrett, we never talked about this publicly, but there was actually a chance but this show might not have made it past episode 50 at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's right possible. Now. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah definitely. <laughs> but we definitely, but at the same time, you know, we stuck with it. And I think, you know, we, we made a great decision as far as you know, sticking with the show and kind of, you know, changing the way we, we come up with different topics. Because when we, when we first started the show, the RPG cave was very much like, Hey, we'll focus on this one topic and then we'll just come up with topics every single week, which is kind of what we do now. But it was very much like very focused on a specific game and nothing else. Yeah. Whereas now we have, like, I feel like we have a good plethora of topics where sometimes we'll talk about a specific game or a specific franchise or a specific company, or we'll talk about like a, a general RPG topic, like tonight's show. Um, sometimes yeah. we might do like a list show or like a review discussion. Like, I feel like we're much more varied now in the topics we cover, which I think definitely helps kind of give us the fuel we need to continue uh, going through the show. But uh, what do you what yeah. do you think about this question, Garrett? No, I agree with you. I think uh, we're definitely more expands on how to handle like future topics, like in the, within the next few weeks or so, and we definitely plan it out a lot more than you know what we did in the first week in the first episode. We we had a timeline, but honestly, after that, we were both like, "What do we do?" or like, <laughs> uh, how, "How do we do this?" And I think like you know. For us, I think we're very, I wouldn't say we're casual about it, but we're comfortable of like going through um, kind of each of these episodes and just talking about, we're actually pretty surprised that it's like, oh, we're only talking about this topic. Are we going to be just talking for 20 minutes? Are we going to, or 30 minutes? And then we full blown like one hour, hour 15, um, just really digging into it, having so much fun. It's actually surprising some of these topics that I was like, oh, we're not sure if that's going to be really good content. And then we're like, oh, we had a fantastic time. So um, I think we got into a good groove after 99 episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think like when when we got past like the first like 20 episodes, I really feel like. (laughs) We, we started to hit our stride a little bit and definitely like when we got to past episode 50, we really found like the keys keys to success to kind of make this kind of like a, a much longer term deal than than we ever initiate uh, envisioned yeah. when we first kind of started planning the show, uh, um, especially because we were both kind of worried that, you know, because we don't play enough role playing games because we just only have so much time. There's only so yeah, many games true. we could talk about. But because we've we've exp- really greatly expanded what we talk about, um, I think it's really helped us in a big way. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what the show's gonna be like when we get to episode two hundred or three hundred even. But yeah. um well, yeah. there's so much content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, next up Drellish says, question for the show. No questions for the show, but I wanted to congratulate you both on 99 episodes. As I came into your quote unquote cave very late, I started listening during mid 
the sixties. So the mid the 1960s mid guy, the 1960s, yeah. I think. <laughs> and he says, I think, so we're not even sure where Josh really started. Uh, some things you mentioned, you could have revisited a new, I think, especially discussions around evergreen RPG topics. Um, he would love to see maybe us kind of revisit one day. Uh, Josh's okay. favorite RPG of the year. Um, having almost completed Final Fantasy six, 16, it made it my second favorite of the year. Nothing yet has been able to diminish my love for Octopath Traveler 2, though. The characters are truly memorable and the stories are extremely well crafted. Although Final Fantasy 16 stands out for its superb story, Octopath Traveler 2 is a much better pacing uh, with its telling and thus deserves to be my top RPG game of the year. Now, that's interesting because, nice. like, yeah, that's actually something, believe it or not, Josh. We've talked about a couple of times, actually, Garrett and I, about maybe revisiting some old topics that are that, you yeah. know, maybe we could do them better or something like that. It's actually why um, one of our original topics of the show, I think on episode three, um, which was basically at the time where Garrett, I felt so bad for poor Garrett, um, where we would come up with topics sometimes that I came up with the topic and Garrett knew nothing about it. And then I would sit there and yeah. explain the topic for 45 minutes to Garrett. Um, so one of those episodes, I'm actually redoing kinds of as a pit stop retro gaming episode um, for this month. That's actually coming out later this week about working designs, which was our our third oh, right. episode um, where they did a, a bunch of stuff in the 90s. And I think like I can revisit it better as like a smaller um, as a smaller video versus, uh, that going, having people go back and listen to that discussion again. Cause then I can show off some of the props, like actually some show off some of these you expensive games on these shelves. Yeah. 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 Like I, I think like that there's a, a better approach there. So, um, yeah, I think like there's, uh, we can revisit some of these ideas in the future, but what do you think about, what do you think about this Garrett? Uh, just revisiting RPG topics for sure, man. Like there's a lot of, uh, topics in here that's like, you know, there's lists. Um, there's also like just the idea of like the definition of RPG. Oh, for sure, man. Like we can, we do, uh, RPG cave, uh, you know, what makes an RPG remake, you know, yeah. type of, type of deal going on and, and just go back and just revisit the topic. And now that we've you know, play more of the recent games. And of course, going through Final Fantasy 16 kind of spurred up that topic. Yeah. Um, and, and not only just that, it's just like kind of the idea of an RPG. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's dynamic, you know, going out throughout the years. I'm sure a lot of people, I hear a lot of people when Final Fantasy 7 Classic came out in the 90, in the 90s, that, um, you know, they didn't know if that was a real RPG or if that's a yeah. real Final Fantasy game as well. And that stirred up a lot of controversy. So I think these just kind of these topics kind of is meant to come back up up again. And I would love to do another Evergreen uh, RPG topic. That, that would be cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, next up, we got Nagachaku who says, congratulations on episode 99. So far, the only RPGs I have rolled credits on this year are Final Fantasy 1 Pixel Remaster and Let's Go Pikachu. So between okay, these then. two, I would definitely have to say, uh, let's go Pikachu. <laughs> but in 2020, Real. but 2023 is so far from over that I'm thoroughly enjoying Persona 5 Royal. And there's also Starfield and Super Mario RPG later in the year. So who knows what will take the top spot. Once again, congrats on 99 episodes. And here's to nine, another 99 episodes. Thank you. Thank you, Nagachaka. Shout out to Thank Nagachaka. you, Nagachaka. Yeah. Um, also, I, I think it's super interesting that Let's Go Pikachu is actually his favorite game of the year so far. But. Over Final Fantasy One. Yeah. That, I, I bet that bothers someone. I bet it like just a random, you know, 
Final Fantasy hardcore fans looking at that in disgust. It's like, man, let's go Pikachu beat the original Final Fantasy for this guy. <laughs> it just makes, it makes me sense. sad. It just it's killing let's go me Pikachu inside. Is good. Every time I see that. Oh, I agree. I actually like that game too. Like when when I hear other, you know, Nintendo content creators talk about those games being bad, I'm like, really? They're I, I actually That's like them better one. than Sword and Shield. <laughs> so Oh no, they're way better than Sword and Shield. Sword and yeah. Shield's not, not great. Yeah. But uh, also, Rybo says, how many times is Street Fighter 6 an RPG going to come up, though? You better believe it's going to come up a lot before the end of the year. I think. Is Zelda 2 an RPG? Well, yes. The world may never we know. talked about that. Zelda 2 is for sure an RPG. 100%. I'll die on that hill any day of the week, Garrett. Anytime you want to bring up right. up that discussion again. Or whenever you want to talk Sega Saturn games, I've got a, my Sega Saturn next to me, Garrett. We can you know what we it. should do? We should have like this kind of spectrum. I don't know how to do it. Maybe a square quadrant type of thing or maybe from left to right. I don't care. But we're going to put dots on this. Like, where does this game land? And oh, Zelda 2 is going to be like. I thought of the of perfect. I thought the perfect, perfect solution for this. We go to tier maker, Garrett, and we have two tiers, not an RPG and an RPG. And then we have all the box arts for all the games and we just move oh them goodness. into the different categories and do like a tier list with with that. <laughs> with, what's an RPG and what's not an RPG. And of course, shout out to that Seth in the chat who also agrees with me, Garrett, that Zelda 2 is absolutely an RPG. 100%. It, it is as much of an action RPG as Kingdom Hearts is. I will say that. But OK, but. Last, Kingdom Hearts is not is not great either, but yeah. no, I, I never said heart. it. I never said the quality matters, Garrett. It's whether or not it's an RPG that's different, and also Zelda <sighs> Two is the best Zelda game ever. But well, that's beside the point. Um, we talked about that before on our hot takes episode. Go back and listen to that. And hot then takes. last comment of the week comes to us from Shy Guy. Thank you, Shy Guy. Uh, Shy Guy says, "Congratulations on making it to level ninety nine. Not ninety nine factual fa- um, factorial though." I, I don't know what that means. It's a math term. Um, I'm 99 working on- factorial. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, keep on going. That, that's yeah. definitely a math thing. So Shy Guy says, I'm working on the entire Xenoblade trilogy. I originally played only Xenoblade Chronicles 3, but to appreciate the DLC, I'm going back to the others. I completed Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition and the DLC earlier this year. I just completed Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and I'm about to end up about one through third through Torna. I plan to rewatch key scenes from 3's event theater and then do the DLC for 3. 3 remains my favorite though. But I didn't play that this year. So Xenoblade Chronicles 2 actually wins out my, for my favorite RPG mm. of 2023. The game was a little too thirsty for my tastes, but past it all, it was a great game with a ton of heart, a solid story, and an all-time great soundtrack. The ending made me cry twice. Also, shout out to Near Autonoma, which I also played this year too, and it's a masterpiece. Nice. But uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting take because I was not expecting someone to say Xenoblade Chronicles 2 over something near Automata, which I know um, Nagachaka, if he's hearing that somewhere, is just like, oh my God, what's going he's on here? What kind, of topsy- right totally, <laughs> what kind of topsy-turvy world are we living in where someone likes something like that over near Autonoma? But yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, I, again, I haven't played the Xenoblade games, so I don't really have too much to say about this, but I know, Garrett, you probably have responses to this. Shy guy. I applaud you. Thank you for going back and playing through these. I, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles, it, it really is a special set of games uh, and RPGs that you probably won't see like in, in a lot of other 
role-playing games, how interconnected those three games are is actually pretty incredible. Um, maybe the Trails games are, are about that level as well, yeah. times like 20, because, you know, there's just so many of them. Um, but yeah, the, that's just, it's just one of those rare moments. And it's very rare coming from a Nintendo first party, you know, Monolith Soft, you know, going through this these series. And I'm so glad that they did. The writing's fantastic. The, the cinematics are great. Um, gameplay, if you're into it, great. But it's just, it, it, it has its ups and downs. Uh, for sure. Um, so shy guy, you know, good, good for you, man. Going back into the first two, I really, Xenoblade Chronicles two is divisive for sure. Um, a lot of people love it or, um, I think most of the Xenoblade Chronicles fans love it, but for me, it it was fine. It it was great, uh, for what it was. And I, I also teared through that. Like I, I, I teared up at the end of that game, but at the same time, Oh man, I just I was kind of done after it. And then Torna, I got to a point where I was just like, I'm done. I I don't want to play this anymore. Um, but <laughs> one and three are fantastic. I I really like those games. So good for you, nice. shy guy. Yeah. Whereas I honestly just couldn't get into two because of the performance <laughs> issues. Because honestly, if that would have released on Switch two and would have actually ran it a you know a solid frame rate and stuff, or would have looked visually interesting, uh, I honestly probably would have been probably more into it. But. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I want to give those games another chance at some point, Garrett, like a serious mm-hmm. chance, like not just dabbling in them, but like setting aside time to play them. But you can I'm play Xenoblade Chronicles three first as, as yeah. Shy Guy did. I think that is a very good like like um, I, I would give that one first a shot. And if you really, really enjoyed it, like you're really into it and you want to learn more about the lore, then I say, OK, go back and play one, then two. OK. Um, but if you if you go through three and you're like, oh, that's a good RPG and it doesn't really impact you or anything like that, it's like, OK, I think you're kind of done. You don't need to play the other games because okay. uh, they're kind of more or less the same or just not as um, as improved. You know, it, it Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is like probably the most the, the best high quality in terms of just technical qualities and quality of life and also just story and lore. Uh, okay. I think it's the, the best one. Yeah. I think that's a, that's really good advice. Like I never really thought about it that way. Cause even though like, I know that they're connected, like that a part of my brain holds me back from wanting to go back to those, but it's just like, that didn't really stop me from jumping directly into the trail series, but not playing all the games first, like in order and, and still yeah. having a good time with it. So like, maybe, maybe I do give that, you know what? I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to add Xenoblade Chronicles three to the tournament bracket and, and replace a go. different game with that instead. So uh, yeah. th- that'll be in the, the tournament bracket that, I might stream later this week. Wink, wink. But. Yeah. So three. Yeah. It, there's definitely like maybe there's some characters that overlap, but y- you don't need to know any previous Xenoblade games in order to play Xenoblade Chronicles three. Definitely. Okay. Uh, nice. So you can go through it and have the same experience as, as me. Yeah. All right, Garrett. I think that's going to do it for a 99th episode. We've been live for almost an hour and a half at this point. We should probably wrap nice. this up. So uh, we did it. Before we go, Garrett, first of all, I just want to say huge thank you to everyone. Of course, all the listeners, everyone who's kind of stuck with the show. Like, I I will tell you that there were old episodes of the RPG Cave where we had like eight listeners and one of the listeners was me. So like and and our audience has really grown over time. Like we've seen it. A lot of people like cool people join the discord and talk RPGs with us. Like it's been a wild ride doing the show, man. And I've really just, of course, done, enjoyed spending time with you. Like it's been great, yeah. a great excuse for you and I just to hang out every week and 
talk role-playing mm-hmm. games and just be big dorks about some of this stuff. So uh, I just want to say, first off, I appreciate you, Garrett, as a person. I've really enjoyed the, our you. time together doing this show. And uh, and I'm uh, here's to, to 99 more episodes, man. This has been super fun. And uh, yeah, again, huge thank you to everyone who listens great. as well and supports the show. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, I uh, thank you for inviting me, Ryan. I didn't, you know, when we were first starting this, I remember you been teasing about it before when I was on Shags. Like, oh, think about us doing like role playing game type of stuff. And then when you actually pitched it to me, I was like, yes, I think role playing game, you know, it's like my favorite genre out of all the video games out there or all the genres. And ye- talking with you every week is really nice. You're always super informative about this stuff. And I'm glad that you give me advice on all these older role playing games as well. And just hearing about your journey with all the gaming is is really cool. So, yeah, I appreciate you having me on board. Uh, this is very nice. And the carpool gaming community. Yeah. Really At least we, on this show, we don't make fun of you for liking role-playing games. Like they, the, you, they used to do on Shaq all the time with you. I felt used to feel yeah. so bad when you'd start talking about games and like Donnie would just tune you out or just mute your mic. Oh, or he would roll stupid. his eyes. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, this crap again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll win Donnie over one of these days because I actually feel like when it's time to talk Fable, I can probably get Donnie oh, on ready. the show to talk role-playing games, probably. Yeah, definitely. But, but anyways, Garrett, plugs go. You can follow me at Twitter at Blind Explosion. Um, and then also, you may, I mean, okay, so I, I've been live streaming a little bit, but I think I'm going to transfer over to just streaming every now and then at twitch.tv, uh, Carpool Gaming, whatever the Twitch. Car- twitch.tv slash Carpool Gaming Live. Also, yay. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I got to set that up with Sean, though. Um, but yeah, I'll probably doing very similar things that Sean's doing where he's going live just whenever he has free time. And, and that's what I'll be doing. It's like maybe a weekend or so, just go through like a couple hours of Octopath Traveler 2 or, or something like that. So yeah, just keep on the lookout for, for that Twitch live button. Nice. Nice. Also, again, if you are a patron or if you uh, are a prospective yes. patron, uh, submit your questions to Garrett this week. You can ask Garrett anything over on the Pits Patreon podcast or Patreons podcast this week. And and this will be a rare like a rare opportunity for people to get questions in for Garrett that might be not even about yeah. video games cuz you'd be surprised yeah. Garrett how many of those questions are actually about video games. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I'm As ready. for me, you can find me on the Twitters at Ryan Turford. You can also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming right here youtube.com/carpoolgaming of course, podcast services around the globe. So, for Garrett Bland, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been the RPG cave level 99 next episode will be level 100 Garrett so the, the enemies the are box. gonna start hitting harder we're gonna we're gonna die a lot quicker <laughs> we're gonna Garrett. die pretty quickly <laughs> yeah oh, exactly man. and uh we're out good night everybody Bye-bye. The RPG Caves Mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. And we want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. You can check him out over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller. Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast. You can check him out over at youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels today. Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music. You can check him out. All of his album information is found in in the podcast description. Lee Navarro, the leader, fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. You can check him out over at phoenixoverdrive.com and then Trucker Sloth as well. Our platinum producers, Marcus McCracken and RJ Kern and our gold members, Adam K, Anna, Awesome Dave 1337, Browza, Cecily Carroza, Dano, Drellish, 
Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Hopple, John 32, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Shy Guy, Tim Alf, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support. And if you want to hop in the car with us, head out over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and choose the tier that's right for you.